podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our weekly live show, live 7 p.m., right here on Spotify Live. Um, basically, unless, I mean, hell, K-State only has like one or two games, I think, on Wednesday this year, uh, so, so we'll be uh, going live Wednesday, 7 p.m., every single week <clears throat> uh, through... The season, uh, I mean, I, you know, depending on what happens in the uh, NCAA tournament, I mean, outside of the handful of games played on Wednesday, we'll be going live 7 p.m. Um, got a, it's always a fun show. I, I was about to say we got a fun show. Uh, one bad loss, and hey, it happens. Wish it wasn't against uh, Iowa State. Hate that. Iowa State basketball is good. I hate that TJ Otzenberger, whatever his name is, the he's a weirdo. I uh, hate that they're good, but, hey, it happens. Uh, so we'll talk about those two games. We'll get some predictions for the Florida and the KU game next week. We'll talk about uh, the K-State football roster. I, I think it's in a spot where we know exactly what it's going to look like come spring ball. We'll have a little bit of fun bringing some of those hot topics from K-State Twitter onto the live show as well. Before we get into it, folks, I absolutely love Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, I love that they've been supporting this show uh, for the better part of last eight months. Um, They also have a beer that they just dropped in honor of Brady Smith. Uh, A lot of folks in the Go Email community remember him as Metalhead. If you're on EMOT Twitter, if you're at K-State around the same time I was, I guarantee you interacted with them and you're better off for it. The No Quit IPA is out. It is dropped. Uh, Go in, buy a couple pints, buy a couple four-packs. Some of the proceeds go towards a scholarship in his name, so please check it out. Uh, Beyond just that, they have a great uh, beer festival or beer event, I should say, this coming Friday, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this on release day, on the RSS feed, uh, four special stouts. One of them is still a mystery, so you got to show up and find out. Uh, as always, get your four packs, get your pints, get whatever you can get your hands on inside Manhattan Brewing Company because it is that good. They will. Uh, a little birdie tells me they should be distributing into Kansas uh, Kansas City and Lawrence here soon. So it's coming east. So for all you Kansas City boneheads, keep a lookout for those beers. I'll start off my thoughts real quick on the Iowa State game, and then I will get yours. Uh, disappointing to lose that game because uh, I think we put ourselves in position to win. I think the scary thing, the frustrating thing, the sad thing, however you want to characterize it, is uh, we are getting now burnt by. Uh, 
the fire we've been playing with that is lack of defensive rebounding. Uh, it really came back to bite us losing uh, about 10 points on second point or second chance points uh, differential. Uh, the second shot defense just is not there. The defensive rebounding just not there. And then a couple really uh, boneheaded mistakes, uh, not only by the players, but by the coaches and critical points in that game. Uh, Iowa State is good. Iowa State is a contender for the Big 12. In dropping that game, uh, you're still tied in a three-way tie with the Cyclones and Longhorns for first. Everything we could possibly want and more is still there uh, as long as we take care of business. Uh, no harm, no foul, but it is a frustrating loss. That said, that's my you know super quick take on that game. Let's go to Hayes first. Hayes, uh, I, I want you to talk about the Iowa State game, but before you do, uh, absolutely amazing showing by the students uh, Saturday for that Texas Tech game, an unranked Texas Tech team, uh, winless in conference play Texas Tech team. The student section once again was at full capacity. Uh, just kind of uh, talk about the atmosphere on campus right now surrounding this basketball team and uh, getting back and making Bramlage the octagon. Of- yeah, that was awesome. I uh, <clears throat> I walked up to the stadium about an hour early thinking like, oh, I'll be just fine. I'll just be like middle of the pack student section. Um, if I didn't get lucky and the way they were controlling the line and kind of got in front of people, um, I would have been close to not getting in. And that was an hour before. So lesson learned get there like hour and a half at least because like I I was saving spots and they got there like 45 minutes before the game and they were behind the football facility on the other side so um, yeah it's just awesome students come in 100% capacity before the ball even tipped Uh, that was great and then um, as far as Iowa State yeah it sucks but I'm not like super down about it because I felt like I mean our stars played pretty bad at least in the first half um, defensive rebounding was horrible, but other than that, we played pretty well and, um, like almost had the answer late and can't be too mad about a close loss, uh, in Ames. It just sucks now. Cause, uh, we're still top of the 12 having a laugh, but it's a six team race and we're all within one game. So it's just going to be a dog fight from here. Like, yeah, it's going to be absolutely wild. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I just, uh, I, I'm just shocked at, at what the Big 12 has turned into this year. It, it is going to truly be a dogfight. It'll be interesting if uh, Texas, Iowa State, or anyone else who's a game back decides, all right, we're going to go on a 10-game winning streak and kind of run away with it. Or could we see the Big 12, uh, you know, beat itself up and have a five, six-loss champion? Uh, and then if that happens, Nobody is going to have a one seed. Nobody's going to have a two seed. I think you might see all three, all four three seeds coming out of the Big 12 once it's tournament time. Let's go to Nick next. Nick, any thoughts, uh, any, any call-outs after the last two games, the home win over Texas Tech in that uh, heartbreaker at uh, Iowa State? Uh, yeah, a couple things. First off, Scott, thank you for purchasing uh, another order of coffee. Thank you for that. Uh, truly. Yep, got 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 some gift gifting uh, there as well. So that's that's a personal order, and uh, gonna gift some away. I 
I appreciate you. Uh, secondly, I had my uh, drone weekend for the National Guard, uh, so I wasn't able to watch the TCU game. But just from watching the box score and just reading Twitter, it was it was pretty lit. And then uh, obviously the Tuesday game against Iowa State. I mean, um, new going in, it's going to be a juggernaut, just like Hayes said. Um, uh, you're going to have to gut out some wins that we think we we don't maybe necessarily uh, have to win, but those were one of those we need to win. And unfortunately, um, one of those things is we need to rebound and we need to be defensively more aggressive. So um, I know Coach Tang and the staff are going to get them back into shape and get them focused. So um, pretty excited for the next couple. Yeah, it, it it's it's going to be a real fun, uh, you know, next what four games. Uh, you, you got Florida at KU, and then you get uh, TCU and Texas coming to town. Uh, if anyone, you know, hasn't gotten into Bramlage, the TCU game still has, I think, uh, 1,400 tickets left. So if you want to see that rematch, it's a 8 p.m. game, so it'll be a long night, but uh, tickets are available. Let's go to uh, Will the Thrill next. Will the Thrill, we got two Wills in tonight. Uh, so we'll go Will the Thrill uh, any thoughts on the last two games? Again, that Texas Tech game, far more fun uh, than the Iowa State game. Uh, so you can touch on either one, uh, both, or if you want to just say, fuck you, Scott, and talk about whatever you want. Uh, I'm in a pretty uh, chill mood tonight until Zach talks. Then I'm going to bully him probably because I'm a bad person. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, the Texas Tech game, I think we kind of started to see what um, caused a loss last night. Um, there was some errors in, in the tech game, um, but last night it was <clears throat> a higher caliber team and there was just zero room for error. Um, they played tough. Um, credit, credit to Iowa state. Their defense was, um, legit. Um, but that being said, I, I do have full faith in Tang that he'll correct the errors from from that game, and we'll see him bounce back. I, I think this is the first time in a while where I haven't been so pessimistic after our loss. You know, I'm still optimistic, and um, I think that that speaks volumes of this coaching staff. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I talked to my uh, father uh, when, when I logged off work for the day, and, and I was talking to him about it, and I said, you know what? Uh I'm a little discouraged because I, because I, you know, I'm like, I'm a little greedy. I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's go after some hardware. Let's cut down some nets. Let's win the big 12. Uh, and, and it was a game you could have had. And I tell you what, if you would have won that one, uh, I, I think, I think you would have been feeling really good about the big 12 race. The one thing I'll say is I'm a little concerned about uh, if they can correct the rebounding issue. I don't think they can. I think this is just kind of, it is what it is. I hope they prove me wrong and we will see. Uh, let's go to Colorado, Cole, next. Uh, Cole, thoughts on the last two games? Yeah, I mean, Texas Tech uh, kind of went how expected. It wasn't pretty, but we pulled it off. Great crowd, like it's been said many times before. And Iowa State last night, unfortunately, also kind of went how I expected it to go. Um, it was great to see see us handle the haymakers and the jabs they were throwing throughout the game. Um, you know, the guys, they fought to the end and had a few more things gone our way. We'd be sitting 
alone at the top of the 12 again, but that didn't happen. Um, and uh, sorry, did you want me to talk about the next game? As no, well? we'll get to predictions. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so no, you're that. good. Hey, you're all good. I Here's the thing, folks. I, I'm, on, I'm running on fumes. Uh, it's been it's been the busiest I've been in my secret day job in my life. Uh, we are well over uh, 80 hours a week, basically, since the beginning of January. So I'm running on fumes. So I, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you any trouble for uh, for that. Uh, we'll go to uh, Will D. I'm not going to actually call him sexy Will. Um, Why not? But not too hot, but uh, well, because I think Will the Thrill is also sexy. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, okay. you know, do anything like that. I'll just call you Willie D uh, for the time being. I'll probably call you something different every prompt uh, tonight. Uh, you can go hot button issues, but I am going to, you know, kick you out of here if uh, you start ranting about Ahern or anything like that. But uh, you can give me uh, whatever you want. Game game results. Uh, hot button issues. The floor is yours, Willie. Well, Scott, I never rant and rave. I just make correct opinions known to everyone else, you know. But um, I'm going to do a call out here, you know, for all those that have seen the Incredibles, you know, syndrome where he says, once everyone's super, no one will be. But he's obviously not watched Big 12 basketball because every game is insane. We've had crazy finishes, blowouts that shouldn't happen. So, I'm just enjoying the ride. We're playing with house money at this point. And as a fan, that's fun. And I know the team wants a lot more. So I'm happy to sit back and kind of watch how things go. Not upset about the Iowa State loss. That sucks, but they're a good team. We're a better team. And so I expect us to bounce back. I think that's a very healthy thing. Again, I, uh, I think most of us, if you go back and listen to these live shows uh, before the season tipped off, a lot of folks were saying, yeah, I think we make the tournament. Hey, it's going to be bubble. A few folks were saying NIT. I think we're far beyond where any of us thought. Uh, but, but that's the thing about success. You get a little taste, and uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, the old Bob Huggins, you know, line, why settle for second when first is available? And we find ourselves, even after that game, still tied for first. So, um, Well, if, if you don't mind me interjecting really quick, one of the things – I was a student during Frank and uh, Bruce a bit, and I, I grew to appreciate Bruce more. But one of the things with Frank is it always felt like we were building towards more. You know, when we got that number two preseason ranking, it didn't feel like we had arrived. But, like, that's what we were building towards was trying to win a national championship. And sometimes with Bruce, it, I know that's not the case, but it just didn't quite feel like we were trying to build towards that. And it allowed me to take some of those lumps with Frank. And – that makes it a little bit easier to have a loss now when you know, you know, it's not stopping you from achieving your goal. Like that two-lane loss, I think, focused us as a team and allowed us to win Big 12 title. You know, this loss to Iowa State, I know they're going to take that and they're going to learn from it and they're going to grow and we're going to become a stronger program from it. And that makes some of those losses a little bit more bearable when you can tell you're building towards a bigger goal rather than it's just another piece of a puzzle that is not a fun puzzle to look at. Yeah, that, that is completely fair, and, and I won't turn this into a rehashing of the, the Frank year, but, but it's funny you had that uh, thought because at the end of the day, almost every single Frank season played out the exact same except for that Elite Eight year. Uh, some long stretches of dumb losses, 
uh, followed by a round of 32 exit uh, for the most part. So it is funny that you have that recollection. Um, but I hear you when, it, when you're talking about building towards something. There is something about the foundation that this coaching staff have laid looking forward into those that recruiting class we have coming in, uh, the caliber of recruits we're connected to, and just the pedigree and the way Jerome Tang has set that vision. I, I think that is a great call out there. Let's go to Ema Elvis next uh, before we finish out. Uh, this prompt was Zach. Ema Elvis, uh, walk me through those uh, – those two games from your point of view? Well, strap in, boys. It's going to be a good one. Um, The Texas Tech game was hard to watch. The Iowa State game was hard to watch for the same reasons. Frustrating. We didn't play well enough to win in either game, but we pulled one out against Texas Tech. So, um, and and playing at Iowa State, yeah, to, to win at Hilton with their crowd, and uh, their players, their talent level, that would be tough if, if you didn't have a really good game. And, and K-State had a crappy game in both of them and only lost by four at Ames. So I, that gives me hope for the rest of the season, obviously. Um, and I don't know what the losing total would be for the Big 12 champion. Um, could it be three? Would it be four or five? Seems ridiculous to think you could win the Big 12 with five losses, but it might happen. Um, just uh, got to give credit to Iowa State's defense. Their work on the glass was tremendous. Our work on the glass was piss poor. And you can't have three guys that are 6'9", 6'9", 6'10", have zero rebounds. Not just defensive rebounds, but zero rebounds, period, is a little heartbreaking and troubling. I think they can fix that, not to the extent we would like, but give each of those three guys two rebounds last night and we win. Flip-flop, the top team in the league for free-throw shooting, K-State, and the worst free throw shooting team, Iowa State, if you flip-flop the numbers that they had last night, we get at least two more free throws. So that was a winnable game. We just screwed it up. Um, But I think it's a learning process. These guys still haven't been playing very long together, and every day's a school day. So uh, they'll learn to – they'll pull something from this game that makes them better. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is the next big thing. And we'll talk about those later. I think those are great points, Ema Elvis. One thing I'll throw out there specifically about Tomlin, and and I wonder if anyone else, folks can either chime in or they can say in the chat. um, The thing about Tomlin, I thought he had started to turn a corner rebounding, but yesterday all he was doing was trying to tip the ball out. Uh, and that was the frustrating thing to me because he was rising up there. And if he, if he's going up with two hands, if he's going up there with the intention of grabbing it instead of trying to tip it out, uh, things might've been a little. He's long enough. Yeah, he should and, and be again, able to do I thought that. he was turning the corner a couple games. Hopefully we see a dominating game on the glass, uh, from him in Florida in, uh, you know, Big one in, in Allen Fieldhouse, and we'll talk about those here in a second. 
I want to get to Zach, my guy, Zach. It's been a while. Uh, catches strays on Twitter anytime he joins. So I'm glad he's here, regardless of the crap we give him. He is one of my favorites, even though sometimes I yell at him online. Zach, how are you? And then just what are your thoughts on these last two games? Hey, Scott, I'm doing good. Can you hear me? I can. You're quieter than everyone else, but you know what? Folks are just going to. Okay, so the two main guys that give me shit on Twitter, uh, Bob Trollsby, Eastwood, just just accept it beforehand. Thank you. Um, I'm doing good. Um, so we're talking about the um, the two previous games, right? Yep, Tech and I. Um, the only thing I have to comment on about Tech that hasn't been said already is, and I, I'll let you know how I feel about it on Twitter, I really didn't think the energy was there at all for like 30 minutes of the game. It was really making me mad. Um, that's the only thing I ask is that they play 100%, and I really didn't think they were. And then they did to finish out the game, and the, and the better team won. So I'm not too upset about that game. Um, I thought the energy was there the entire time against Iowa State last night. They just they, they didn't play their best game. Um, Iowa State's a really good team. I don't like to say that at all, but they are. They're a really good team. Um, pretty fundamentally sound. I think that maybe it was John Kurtz on Twitter that said they're kind of like some of Bruce's better teams, like our 2018-19 team, really defensive-minded, smart, take care of the basketball, turn you over a lot, and that, that's what they are. They just frustrate you. And I'm not upset about um, taking a loss there last night. Um it's pretty crazy how like not upset at all I am about it just because, I mean, we're still on top of the big 12. Um, there's just still so much to play for. You, you, you got to expect some losses there and I'll rehash the Frank years a bit. It just seemed like that was a game back in the Frank years where it just felt like we'd sit down and get blown out. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm having bad memories about it, but it just felt like that was a game we wouldn't even compete. So I'm glad to see us fight till the end of that last night. Yeah, I, I will give, and this will be the last thing I, I say about the Iowa State game, and we can move on. There were parts of that where I was just thinking to myself, all right, this is going to be a repeat of the TCU game. Get out to a quick lead. Uh, Iowa State goes on a run, and they don't look back. Well, not only did we get the lead back in the first half, go, go, go with the lead, uh, they got up, I think, double digits in that second half, and I, I – I, don't know if we took a brief lead, but I mean, we were, we got right back in there. So uh, you do have to give this team credit because I, I think we saw uh, them kind of just pack it up and say, it's not our night versus TCU. Um, they did not do that in uh, Ames, Iowa, which uh, not, I mean, it's, it's, it's not one of the top atmospheres uh, in the country anymore, uh, but it is far more hostile than anything they saw. Uh, TCU or Texas, so I, um, I, I do want to give them credit for that. Go ahead. Um, I just need to add to that. Hilton Coliseum is the most overrated venue in all of college basketball. I cannot believe that people think that's the upper echelon. Yeah, I, I've been to a handful of K-State, Iowa State games there, and it's uh, I've always thought it was overrated. I was expecting more last night, top five versus uh, top 15, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's move forward, though. Let's get ready for uh, what I believe on Ken Palm, the uh, easiest game, uh, you know, on our schedule in the year uh, 2023, 
and that's a home game versus Florida. The final uh, game K-State will play in the Big 12 SEC Challenge as the SEC and ACC are starting their own challenge next year. ESPN ending uh, this agreement uh, two years early. So this will be the final time. Uh, I hope the Big 12 wins. I think the Big 12 will win, but here's the thing. I think the SEC, uh, over the time of this challenge, has actually taken a lot of pride uh, trying to win this, as I think sometimes Big 12 teams are just kind of like, yeah, all right, here's a break in the gauntlet. And I think that's led to SEC winning this challenge more than the Big 12 has. So I hope we win this final one. I I hope we go 10-0. I I 100% will be cheering for uh, KU, Iowa State, everyone uh, tomorrow or on Saturday. Uh, but we have one versus Florida. I think it's one we should win. Uh, we'll be interested in your guys' thoughts. And then the big one, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's, uh, it's going to take up a lot of oxygen, uh, you know, uh, on Twitter. Kansas City Sports Talk won't talk about it because, God willing, the Chiefs are hopefully going to be uh, celebrating AFC Championship. But Tuesday on ESPN+, Plus. It'll be a, as long as we take care of business versus Florida, it probably will be a top 15, top 20 matchup in Allen Fieldhouse with K-State being the higher ranked team in that matchup. Uh, Not often has K-State been the higher ranked team in a ranked battle in Allen Fieldhouse. So I'll be interested in your guys' predictions. And just what are you you wanting to see? Uh, Do you want to see big performances from individual players. Do you want to see rebounding? Just give me predictions and just what you're also hoping to see outside of just the scoreboard. Let's go to the coffee fiend himself, Nick. Nick, uh, you heard me. Predictions, and then what are you hoping to see over the course of the next two games? Um, I think prediction-wise, um, I think we're going to go 2-0. I, I truly believe we're going to get both dubs against Florida and KU. Um I'm hoping to see uh, Keontae ball out against Florida. Nothing against Florida and his old team, but I think he's just – it's going to be emotional and he's going to have that adrenaline going. And it's going to be a high, high-flying game for him. And then at Allen Fieldhouse, um, I think we're going to silence the crowd and uh, Noel is going to have a big, big game. I think he's going to take a personal that he didn't score much um, in Bramlage, and he's going to make it make it known that he is the best point guard in the Big 12, and he's going to have a big night. I love it. Let's go to Hayes next. Hayes, are you going to I – mean, I know you love to go to away games. Are you going to try to find your way into Allen Fieldhouse and then give me uh, what you're looking for and predict? God. <clears throat> if only I had the money I had to spend on all the football games last year still. Um, but I think we probably go 2-0. and However, I think I'm a lot more worried about Florida than anyone else uh, just because of their 6-11 forward center, Castleton. Uh, we have no one that can come close to guarding him. So he puts up 15 a game. He's their best player. So he's – I'm basically just thinking he's going to get his and we're just going to have to make up for it other places. Uh, I really hope that Dave is back because uh, he's likely our best interior defender, even though he's not that incredibly tall. Um, but like someone was saying about Keontae earlier, I don't want to like speculate on his relationship with Florida, but he wanted to play for Florida and they refused to clear him. So 
I wonder if there might be a little bit of uh, animosity there that he wants to have a nice little revenge game, and uh, hopefully that puts us over the top. And I'm feeling weirdly confident about KU next week. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's still out in Fieldhouse. I know they're on a losing streak, but I do think we're overall the better team. So I'll I hope you're correct. Uh, I, I'll say this. Uh, I, I hear you on the Florida thing. You know, it's kind of one of those things where that is what uh, we struggle with. And uh, we're going to have to do our best to keep him just around 15 and keep him off the offensive glass. And I'll, I'll say this. I hope Keontae doesn't come out, out too hyped up. Coach Tang has mentioned a few games. Uh, he does do that, and it takes him a while to get into it. Mentioned the Radford game, mentioned the game in Kansas City. So I hope uh, he can keep calm and uh, start hot and not be too hyped up at the beginning. Let's go to Will the Thrill next, and then we'll go to Cole after that. Uh, Will the Thrill, what are you thinking? What do you want to <clears throat> Um. I've been. I, I had a feeling this question was going to come, and I I have been back and forth all day pondering over this, and I would like to see how the game plays out um, with KU versus Kentucky um, to kind of make an ass- assessment on that second game because I have a feeling that if they do get that that uh, loss against them, then they're going to be playing with a vengeance in Allen Fieldhouse. That being said, I do believe that they can if they play to their abilities they can go to and oh i um i <clears throat> i do feel like um people are kind of overlooking the florida game and and i feel those i have those sentiments as well but i do think that um it's going to be a prove it game for Keontae, and he is going to uh just flourish and i think that that's also going to help um kind of give Marquise Noel, some breathing room as well. So I'm going to go ahead and say 2-0 and o, just because I think that if they play to their capabilities. That- yeah, I, we're more than capable. It, that that will just be an interesting atmosphere inside Allen Fieldhouse uh, next Tuesday. Let's go to Cole, and then we'll go to Willie D. Cole, uh, what are your predictions for the next two? What are you hoping to see in the next yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping we go 2-0 and and win by 30 in Allen Fieldhouse. But prediction-wise, I mean, Florida can be scary, especially considering you're going on the road to your rival, a uh, quick turnaround to Tuesday. But Florida is not very good. I mean, they got the big dude, but it seems like that's about it. Um I mean, hopefully, like you said, Keontae comes out on fire and not over the top, I guess. Um, But, I mean, hopefully that will kind of have his teammates hyped up to have his back and pull off a win. Um, But I think we're going 2-0. I mean, I think this loss might shake him up a little bit, get him, you know, back on the tracks. And uh, I think we'll be sitting here a week from now talking about. Uh... I sure hope so. I I, I will say uh, at, after that TCU game, uh, you know, before, you know, three days before the first KU game and just getting absolutely smacked uh, does have me. Uh, the more and more I think about it, the more and more nervous I'm getting for 
Saturday. Uh, luckily, that means nothing in the Big 12 play. But again, if, if you're wanting to talk seeding, if you're wanting to talk uh, you know, location for the NCAA tournament, that is not one you want to drop. That, that might end up being a uh, Tier 3 or Quad 3 loss before the end of the season. So uh, hopefully we do take care of business. Let's go to Willie D next. Uh, Will, uh, what are you hoping to see from the boys uh, outside of the score? And then uh, what's your prediction for the next? Um, I think that we're going to put a lot of the Florida fans talking about the all-time record to bed. If we win this game, we pull ahead in the all-time series. Uh, we'll have a one-game lead out of the, the three that will have been played. So I think that's pretty big. So that's the real one I'm really watching is the game on Saturday is the big one. Um, but I'm, I think we'll, we'll win both games. I think as legend has it, uh, the game we played versus Florida in Orlando on that flight back, that is when Curtis Kelly and Jacob Pullen were uh, told about their uh, suspensions. Uh, I, I believe that if, if if I'm remembering my conversation with Jacob correctly, that is when uh, John Curry informed Frank Martin that uh, Curtis Kelly was going to have, I believe, an eight-game suspension and Jacob Pullen a four-game suspension, uh, which would begin four days later versus UNLV in Kansas City. So uh, that's a fun little uh, thing that I think I'm remembering about that Florida game in Orlando. Let's go to Ema Elvis next. Ema Elvis, what are you looking from for from the boys uh, outside of just the result? And then what's your prediction? Two and zero. Oh. Uh, Keontae is going to show out during this game. I don't know who is there, if anybody from the team he played on two years ago. Um, he may have a soft spot for him, but he's got something to prove as well. He turned down a five million dollar insurance payout, I understand, uh, if he would have just walked away and not played basketball anymore. But he turned that down to play at K-State and go to the NBA. And um, I, th- I think he's got uh, a good game ahead of him. Um, that's going to help Marquise, who will also get his. And then uh, we'll see somebody else like Desi step up. I thought he would last night um, or against Iowa State, and he didn't. Uh, so I, I think we're due for uh, a more balanced scoring game uh, with Marquise and KJ leading the way. Um, I would love to see a 10-game sweep of uh, the Big 12 teams over SEC teams Saturday. But that would mean that KU has to beat Kentucky, and I'm just not that good of a guy. So if, if KU loses to Kentucky – then they really are desperate. But I don't know that this team has what it takes to win in desperation against a good K-State team going into Allen Fieldhouse with something to prove and something to show there. So that's my 2-0. and Yeah, I, I'm not going to fault anyone for uh, cheering for Kentucky. Um, that won't be me. I, I want 10 to know. I will full on be rock chalking it up on Saturday. But I think you brought up an interesting point. Uh, these are not the calm, composed Kansas teams that we've uh, come accustomed to in the Bill Self era. They don't have a stable full of Clydesdales 
and thoroughbreds to go out there and win games for you. They have probably uh, the Big 12 player of the year in Jalen Wilson, and then uh, he does not have much of a supporting cast around him. So if they lose that game versus Kentucky and they're truly back against the wall for maybe uh, you know the first time in like 10 years, uh, will be interesting to see how this group in Lawrence, Kansas deals with that, especially with a hopefully will be a confident Jerome Tang-led K-State team coming into Lawrence. Uh, we will go to Zach next. Zach, prediction for the next two, and what are you hoping to see outside of just? Uh, yeah, so first and foremost, I would like to see David Gasson come back. Um, I actually meant, meant to mention that earlier. Um, I think the rebound will improve when he's back. I mean, I think a lot of people are just kind of glancing over that. He's a, he's a pretty strong rebounder. Um, he, we're, we're, we're missing him a lot. And so he, him coming back is going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. I think if he was fully healthy, we probably could have and would have beat Iowa State last night. So I'm looking forward to him getting back. Um, as for predictions, I think we'll handle Florida. Uh, I'm not too worried about them. Fingers crossed we don't come out with any lack of energy. I'm going to be the one to, to, be, to be the bad guy here. I think we are going – we're putting down KU way too easily, and let me explain. Um, they got some guys in slumps, some bad slumps. Kevin McCuller is a really good player, and he's playing bad. If he gets, he snaps out of it, immediately KU ceiling rises way back up. Dewan Harris is not a bad point guard. He's, he's mediocre, if you ask me, but he's playing really bad. He goes back up to what he is. We gotta, we, we should not tempt fate and be so overconfident going into Allen Fieldhouse. I have seen... We have, we have all collectively seen so many different things happen in that building. I think Jamar Samuels had a dunk go in and then come out. I mean, that's just the kind of crap that happens in that building. Um, we saw Mitch Lightfoot go off, for, go off for, what, like 20 against us a couple years ago? We just – I think that KU is probably going to pull out a close one. Yeah, I, I, I would not predict us to win that. I, I, if, you're, if you're asking me my prediction, I'm right there with you. I think we go one and one. Um, and, and I do think that uh, I, I'm hoping KU just kind of collapses in on themselves in that game. Uh, but I, I think you, you, you wrote it right up. We all remember what Kevin McCuller did at at Texas Tech. Um, we all know what Grady Dick is capable, for better or worse. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that they just implode on themselves instead of figuring it out. It, it will be a great uh, little case study to watch. Uh, Saturday in Lexington, and then, of course, Tuesday in Lawrence on ESPN+. Plus. All right, let's move on to football, actually. Uh, and, and because Jerome Tang's, uh, you know, team, at the Wildcats, uh, they've been so great uh, so far this se- season, excuse me. Um, there's been a lot of topics, a lot of things that have happened that, uh, would be leaving these live shows, would be leaving uh, Monday episodes uh, on the regular scheduled shows. Uh, but again, basketball has just been on fire. But uh, a lot of stuff has happened, and I think we are set up and we have our uh, roster that is going to go into spring ball. The portal is closed. The NFL draft uh, process is closed. Everyone who is currently at K-State, we'll be on at K-State in the spring. I think we can bring in one more person. 
I know they're still looking and poking around a couple junior college guys, a couple transfers, but for the most part, we have our team. Uh, Javon Banks, uh, nose guard, uh, transfer from Mississippi State, big one. Uh, getting in a running back who I think is going to pair perfectly with DJ Giddens, kind of help fill that gap that Deuce Vaughn left. Uh, Daniel Green is coming back. The entire offensive line is coming back. Uh, Keegan Johnson, we talked about that a little bit, but again, a wide receiver from Iowa uh, that I think is going to be a future NFL guy. Bringing in a cornerback from uh, North Dakota State, the first transfer pickup we got in the track record with defensive backs from the FCS uh, is great. So I just want to hear your guys' thoughts about how uh, this you know winter period has gone, how you're feeling about the roster as we're uh, you know it, it's going to be a ramp up. It's going to be here before you know it. Spring ball and just kind of give me a status check on the K State football roster. Let's start off with Ema Elvis for the. Sorry, I was just looking at the depth chart for next year. No, no, you're you're good. You know, I, I kind of went in a different order. Uh, Trayshawn, or yeah, Trayshawn Ward is the running back. Uh, I, I I know I didn't mention him by name, but Ward, uh, absolutely massive one, uh, massive recruiting win for him and Keegan Johnson. Uh, those are two of the best portal recruiting wins the staff has had so uh go ahead uh those are those are two great picks for guys that are going to step up and really make a difference next year i think uh i watched highlights of uh trajan ward and uh that guy has that little burst of speed but he he seems to hit pretty hard when he makes contact and gets two or three or four more uh he's that kind of a runner and, um, but, uh, but I, I love to watch him run and watching him, especially in uh, highlights of the Oklahoma bowl game. It was fun to see him run all over them. I think he got 81 in that game. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm excited for next season and getting that whole offensive line back. Now the defense with green in there and Austin Moore at linebacker, you look at, a, a soft spot this year, we thought, is going to be one of the highlights uh, of the defense next year. So I'm really looking forward to this next season. It's it's not a one and done thing what Kleiman has done. Yes, and <laughs> we're we're still waiting on uh, still waiting on the Big Twelve schedule. I'll I'll say this: this is this is all I'm going to say about the Big Twelve schedule until it's released. And even then, I probably won't be able to say everything I want to. But if half of what I've been told, half of what I've heard is true surrounding everything that has gone into creating the schedule that we're hopefully going to see that first or second Tuesday or Wednesday in February, um, it deserves its own docuseries, not a 30 for 30 you know, 90 minutes. I'm talking about a full on, you know, last dance style documentary uh, with all the drama that has allegedly gone into this schedule. Um, so yeah, it's, it's wild. And I can't wait for the final one to get out there. Just make, just make OU and Texas have every game on the road and then it's solved. Uh, I, I will say this, this is, this is the only thing I'm going to say uh, today. And, and we might have like a, uh, tell all uh, once Texas and Oklahoma are out of there. 
one of the proposed schedules that was created uh, actually did have Texas and Oklahoma not playing each other. Uh, and, and it wasn't like just like kind of like a joke. There was a point where uh, the Big 12 was actually trying to do that. Uh, and, and we'll just leave it at that. Let's go to Hayes next. Hayes, looks like the roster is in place for spring ball. There will be some changes after that, uh, just like there will be in every single uh, football team in America. But how are you feeling uh, with, you know, these portal pickups, these super senior additions, and then uh, Cooper Beebe, I guess he's just a regular senior, foregoing uh, his chance to get drafted in his home city of Kansas City uh, to run it back one more time uh, with the offensive. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped for this year. I don't – I'm not saying that I'm buying my tickets to Arlington tomorrow, but um, I think if you were to tier the Big 12 next year, it's got to be us in Texas up top um, alone. And I'd say like TCU and OU um, – just behind in tier two, but I really don't see a significant soft spot in this team at all. Um, Not even like a medium soft spot. Like we're, we're good all around. Um, We still have a few stars. Uh, I really don't see a reason why we can't get back to Arlington and new year's six bowl and all that jazz like this year. Um, Again, I just, I love the way the roster has been configured at, we got a transfer at every position that we needed. Um, plus Deuce Green coming back. Um, the whole line, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for this. Next- yeah, it's going to be a fun one. And uh, I can't wait for all the little nuggets and tidbits to be uh, coming out, uh, you know, during uh, spring ball. Uh, let's go to Will the Thrill next. Uh, Will the Thrill. Uh, what are your thoughts? Again, I, I I said on this show, I, I think we've said it a few times that Daniel Green still would have his COVID senior season available, but uh, I had written it off as zero chance. I, I didn't even flirt with the idea. I think I, I, I've gone as far as saying on this show that, hey, it's not happening. And enjoy this final year of Deuce Green. Uh, but he is coming back, so just kind of walk me through uh, your your thoughts on this uh, roster as we're getting ready to ramp up in this. It's absolutely crazy. Um, <clears throat> at the start of the season, I felt like we needed like a sense of urgency because this was going to be our year. Um, just you know, I was being a fan, looking forward at, at the underclassmen and stuff, and I was like, man, if we can't get it this year, I don't know what's going to happen. But seeing these underclassmen step up. Um, I've, I've said this a couple times now has just been absolutely amazing. Um, it's just not something we've seen. I mean, it, we've seen it as a developmental program. I, I, I should take that back, but um, just the overall quality that has come out of the underclassmen. And on top of that, these transfers, I mean, getting Will Lee, getting Trishon Ward, uh, Marcus Sieg, like you said, it's just never in a million years did I think that we were going to, have that that caliber where um like Hayes said where you don't really have a hole uh, we're filling these holes and and it being put on the map and it's it's just absolutely amazing um I I feel like this has probably been a year where I've, I've always tried to follow the recruiting but there's been so many caliber players come through that it's hard you know if you're not looking at a depth chart like Emal Elvis was earlier you can't keep them in the front of your mind, you know, they're just 
high caliber. Um, so it has me super pumped. I, I think <clears throat> probably in the, this is probably the most excited for a new season I've been in probably the last, I'd say 10 now, say probably five years. Yeah. And, and again, having all those fi- holes filled, like you said, allows the coaches to just continue to develop the talent instead of trying to figure out who's going to slot where in the depth chart so they can truly use that spring practice period to grow the playbook, grow the skill instead of trying to have all these position battles. Let's go to Willie D next. Um, Will, I mean, you put it in the chat, playing on Saturdays greater than playing on Sundays. At least with Cooper Beebe, there's, there has to be an aspect of that getting to go through a full year with his younger brother, get to go through one final season with all these guys that he has been living and playing with for the last three, four years. Um, you know, how pumped are you to see him come back, do screen, come back and some of these. Additions? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. You know, um, the day job, the day jobs are great and they pay the bills, but you know, college is a, a great time both to, you know, watching football or for someone living it. So I'm glad that he feels he can come back for another year and still achieve his dreams. But, um, you know, I don't put a whole lot of stock in recruiting rankings, but it's fun to see that Kleiman can win without a bunch of highly ranked recruiting classes. So it's exciting to see what he's going to do with the one that is actually getting some national attention. So I think that'll be fun to see what he can do with some additional pieces. We'll go to Colorado Cold next and then Zach before we end with a fun little question. Uh, Cole, uh, I mean, everyone said it. I mean, this has to be one of the more confident uh, folks will feel going this spring. Maybe not saying, hey, this is a Big 12 favorite, but saying, hey, there is no obvious real hole uh, when you start looking at the starting 22 or even the two Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like, it feels weirdly similar to how I felt exactly a year ago in the sense that, man, we really lost a lot of talent and a lot of production. And, you know, some of those guys are going to be drafted into the NFL. Like that's some serious talent. But at the same time, I feel like our team next year will somehow be better with this roster. Um, And I think the biggest piece of it all is just bringing back your entire offensive line. It seems like so often it takes a couple games for the offensive line to really figure out their groove and how, how they all play together. It's nice that we're going to be hitting the ground running, no pun intended with an offensive line that already knows how to jive. Yeah. I, I think that's well said. Zach, bring us home on this one. Uh, Great portal pickup, some pretty big-time super senior uh, and just regular senior guys coming back. Uh, what are your feelings surrounding this roster as we uh, kind of hit that uh, home stretch until spring ball kicks off? Zach, final call. Okay, uh, no, Zach, we'll we'll come back to him at the end of it, and we'll have an awkward silence. But I want to touch on this uh, because I I think it's been a fun part of K-State Twitter the last 
couple of weeks, folks doing their mock-ups uh, for uh, a new floor in Bramlage. I think we're due for a new one, so it's it's been fun to see. And then a, a lot of talk about K-State gear, especially with the coaches. A lot of it is circling back to different logos, different word marks, uh, different colors than the traditional royal purple and the power cat. Um, I've been someone who uh, has been criticized for his opinions on the power cat, uh, been criticized for wanting more lavender, all that type of stuff. But I want to focus specifically on basketball uh, because I, I think uh, some folks would literally try to assassinate me if I if I was campaigning to get rid of the power cat in football. But we've seen it with baseball with the interlocking KS logo being basically the primary logo for them. Is it time to go to the Cocaine Willie and the script Wildcats wordmark as the primary marks and logos for call or for the basketball team? Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, on everything. What about lavender? Should that be the primary color instead of the more traditional royal purple, darker purple uh, that we see with some of the other sports? I want your guys' opinions. Uh, just let me know, and then uh, you're on the record. Let's start off with Cole. Cole, w- what are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts, I don't know if I'd say we should change the primaries to an alternate or a throwback. Um, I will always advocate for more use of throwback logos and lavender uniforms. Um, Where I may differ from some people, or maybe there's a quiet majority out there, I feel like the Power Cat just needs a little bit of a tune-up. Like, it's a little bit... We need to adjust the details a little bit there's people out there that do look at that and they don't see an ear and an eye they just see shapes i think it needs to be a little bit more clear what we're looking at and i'm not talking like changing a bunch i'm just saying like tweaking it a little tiny bit to accentuate those details all fair let's go to uh email elvis email elvis uh what are your thoughts well, I I would like having a shirt for every retro logo there is, uh, but the the center of the basketball floor that's a pretty permanent thing. So I like keeping the the brand purple color power cat, or I've seen I, I don't remember how it was used before. Maybe it was on programs or something. I don't remember ever seeing it on a uniform. But it's it's the power cat with the the pimply basketball. Um, it's orange and it has purple uh, yep. ribbing on it, like a basketball has. And and I think that's a pretty cool look. So it, it would keep the power cat brand, but it is for basketball. So that's that's a change that I wouldn't mind seeing. But keep the dark purple around the edge of the of the court. And have the octagon corners uh, keep that. Uh, but I would put lavender on the free throw lanes. There you go. There you go. Uh, 
I believe in the 90s when they moved from the basketball with the script cats before they went to just the purple power cat at midcourt, I believe they did have the basketball textured uh, power cat at midcourt, I believe, for a few years. And that's a fun logo, so I, I like that call out. Uh, let's go to Hayes next. Hayes, what are your thoughts? I think the basketball court in general definitely needs a revamp. Um, <clears throat> I don't really care what's on the midcourt logo. Uh, I, I know I'm a youngin, so that's kind of obvious that I'd say that. But um, I don't think that people look at the power cap like some people think they do. Um, we can have other K-State logos. But, yeah, it, it definitely needs a revamp. I'm not going to act like a graphic designer. I have I don't have an ounce of creativity, but – um hopefully we we'll go to will the thrill and then we'll go to the man who does do all the graphic design work for bosco's boys to finish this out but will the thrill what are your thoughts yeah i think i can agree with uh colorado cole on that one you know um with the i i'll always love the power cat i mean this is this is coming I'm, i'm a little older than some of the others um so it it's something I've come up with. Um, but that being said, uh, I mean, you've seen Texas tech throw bevel in their emblem. Um, they've changed it up. So modernizing it isn't necessarily the worst thing. Um, now when it comes to basketball, uh, I would be okay with, um, not having the paracat. Cause I feel like that does, that's associated with, with football. Um, the I think it was KSU underscore fan that had a, a tweet that um, had that emblem that Emal Elvis was talking about with the um, the basketball um, cat. But uh, I, I would almost think outside the box. I mean, we've seen with technology where they have the lights that you can throw on the court and it, it shows up with an image. And um, that way it's not permanent, you know, maybe have it showing – what for whatever game, whatever uniform you're having, uh, Sailor Willie, you know, at midcourt for some throwbacks. But I wouldn't want that to be a permanent thing. Um, I'm I I love the royal purple, um, but and I love lavender as well. But I think the lavender works great as an accent and not a primary color. And final one uh, of the night, and for this question, let's go to a man who does have that designer eye. Will, what are your thoughts of some of those courts? What would you do with the court? Uh, do you want to stick with for basketball that royal purple, or uh, it's probably not even royal purple, but that classic purple in the power cat? Or do you want to go lavender? Do you want to go with a different center court? Um, I would do a giant QR code in the center of the court. That oh my links god! Highlight videos or you know, a bunch of different logos. So people could kind of like choose their own adventure and I would make the court a gradient. No, I'm okay. I'm kidding. Um, I think the purple, especially with the right grain of wood shows up really nice. That kind of light Brown blonde color really goes well with the, the purple. You see it with campus with the limestone. So I really do like that color palette. And I do think the current court is a little more orange than I would like, but um, I like the dark purple as far as the courts, I think KSU fans done a great job mocking a bunch of those up. And, you know, when they do the new court, I'd like to see them lean back into some of the old 
imagery, I guess, and maybe refresh it or look at new light. For example, maybe that angry wildcat is kind of peering through the center court circle rather than just placed there. So maybe like kind of using the motion it has um, or doing something with state outline or, or uh, you know, sunflower. I, I just think there's a lot of, of unique new ways you can do it without being overpowering like Oregon's court is. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for that on the jerseys too. I think they've done a good job storytelling the importance of the two tones or the script. And there's a lot of great old imagery or stories you can tell. They could do one with the K Aggies. Um, there's a bunch of old jerseys out there that they could throw back to. Or honestly, just mix it up and create some new stuff using some of that language. Um, when a lot of those old ones, like the script or the two tones were created, there wasn't you know, a years long design process. They just kind of did it. And so I think just mixing up and seeing what works and what doesn't, as long as you can pivot to one that works better, I think that could be something kind of fun. I love it. Thank you, everyone, for participating. We will be going live again next uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m., hopefully to talk about two fun uh, Ws. Make sure to check out Manhattan Brewing Company. I'm about to cough a lung up. So that being said, Chauncey is the best dog in the world. We love you guys, and go
Social Podcast Network.